This is your host, Dale Josie, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of my audio podcast series, Aging with Grace 55+. Numerous surveys indicate financial security is one of the top 10 concerns of seniors who fear outliving their savings. David Lau, founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners, shares their heavily researched retirement income style awareness tool, R-I-S-A for short, which again is an online tool created by his firm to allay these concerns. My next guest, Reverend Dr. James Seta Ferguson, discusses the extensive community services performed by Molo Village. Her CDC is also one of AARP's five 2023 Purpose Prize Award recipients. Then stick around for the spicy origin story of an iconic American brand, which in its early days transformed a family disaster into a worldwide brand. Thanks to the following sponsors for making this podcast series even possible, including AARP Kentucky and today's transitions. Be sure to read their fall edition, Motivation, available online at todaystransitions.com. Also, many thanks to DPL Financial Partners, offering tools and resources online at dplfp.com. That said, let's get after it. And welcome to Aging with Grace 55 Plus, designed with you in mind. My next guest, David Lau, is the founder and chief executive officer of DPL Financial Partners, a privately held financial services firm that specializes in the development and distribution of low-cost, commission-free insurance, and annuity products, as well as technology-driven product discovery tools, which we're going to talk about in this episode. David is a sought-after speaker, commentator, and advisor to financial journalists and others in the financial services industry. David Lau, is, as again, he's the CEO of DPL Financial Partners, and I'm pleased to say he is also his firm is also one of three sponsors of my podcast series, Aging with Grace. David, how are you, sir? I'm terrific, Dale. Great to see you. Well, thank you. Always good to see you. And every time you come, you always we always get into uh, discussing uh, financial uh, topics of concern to retirees because that's what surveys indicate as one of their major concerns. Will they have enough money to last them into retirement? And I encourage our listeners to uh, visit previous podcasts featuring you commenting on that topic. Today, we're going to talk about something called retirement income style awareness. What is the RISA, David? So a lot of people, when they're, they've been investors, are familiar you know, with risk tolerance questionnaires, your financial advisor, maybe your online broker like a Schwab or a Fidelity will, will ask you how you feel about your money like while you're investing. Are you, you know, willing to take risks? How do you feel about losing money? You know, what do you do when the market goes down, when it goes up? You know, how do you feel about it? And based on that kind of assessment, risk assessment, you have a recommended 
style to invest in, whether you're going to be mm-hmm. aggressive or conservative, um, but really nothing like that. There's been no equivalent that has existed you know, prior to RISA that addresses retirement. So how do you feel during retirement? Uh, about mm-hmm. risking your retirement income. Now, that's a very mm-hmm. different question than how do you feel about you know the market going up and down while you're you know saving and accumulating wealth, because mm-hmm. um, you may be willing to take risks you know during you know during those you know early years while you're still working and you've got things that you can do. I can save more if the market goes down. I can retire mm-hmm. later. But when right. you get to retirement. Now you may not be so, you know so willing to have everything at risk in the market. Well, you know it's interesting as you say that I like the idea of evaluating risk assessment uh, because when we did our financial plan years ago, before I had the pleasure of working with you guys, we were basically had a one size fits all, you know. And as I was sharing with uh, Jasmine Embers, your marketing person off off mic. Uh, my style is baby needs shoes, roll the dice, right? Whereas Guinevere's style is more like down to earth. So, you know, like we we got to make sure we meet our bills. And I'm not I'm not that capricious with our money, but the point you get is I'm more of a risk taker. So that's why I really like this RISA instrument because it gets away from the one size fits all, correct? Right, because both you and your spouse can take it. And, you know, it's just a, you know, a short questionnaire. Mm-hmm. To again get at how do you feel about your money and your retirement income mm-hmm. rather than just your investments? So are you somebody once you get to retirement, you want to you you're not necessarily willing to roll the dice so much. That's right. That's you know, right. You, you want to make sure that you, you know, you might be somebody who wants guarantees. You might be somebody who, you know, who is, you know, okay with, you know, being a little more flexible about your retirement income. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, most people and through the, you know, the work, the team that developed the RISA did, you know, saw about two thirds of people would, would like some level of guarantee you know, within you know, wow. within their within their re- retirement which makes a lot of sense right cuz yeah. you know, like we've talked about so many people worry about you know my, their retirement are they you know how much can i spend am i going to outlive my money what happens mm-hmm. if the market goes down all of those things mm-hmm. so blending in at least a level of guarantee that you know okay at least i know this much is coming month mm-hmm. after month you know for mm-hmm. the rest of my life that makes me feel better so i mean it's 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 kind of very intuitive i think that you know most people want at least some portion of their income guaranteed in retirement. Well, in terms of planning for retirement, uh, David, that goes to my next question, which which is uh, why is ERISA important and how does that fit your style, DPL style of working with clients? Yeah, well, because retirement is, you know, I, we've probably talked about it in some of the other times I've been on, but, you know, mm-hmm. retirement is a bigger problem today than it ever was for individuals or advisors in managing because mm-hmm. retirement's expanding. You know, people are mm-hmm. living longer. Mm-hmm. You know, Social Security isn't as robust. A lot of people don't have pensions, you know, anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, you largely now need to think about funding a 30-year retirement pretty much on your own, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, you know, whatever benefits you're going to get from Social Security. Mm-hmm. So, that now becomes, you know, an area of focus where, you know, just a couple of decades ago, it it wasn't that big of a deal along with, you know, interest rates being so low, you know, these mm-hmm. days, you also had safe, 
you know, investments you could use like bonds or CDs. CDs, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That could pay you a nice interest rate that you could Mm -hmm. live on. You know, people called it clipping coupons from their bonds. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, But, you know, today that's a challenge. So, you know, how do you, you know, how do you address it? So I think asking customers, and this is something I believe in, you know, wholeheartedly is, you know, if you're going to serve the best interests of the customer, you need to ask them what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So right. rather than saying, here's how I do things, you're going to be happy with this. I, I, right. I'm comfortable with you being in the market 100% all the time during your yeah. retirement. Well, yeah. you, shouldn't you ask me if I'm okay with that? <laughs> and this gives you an ability to do that. <laughs> That's what I like about uh, DPL uh, Financial Partners is how you guys really are put client interests first. You know, and that is so refreshing when it comes to people uh, discussing investment uh, strategies. Um, and David, I want to ping off of something you said a moment ago. So once someone retires, and I saw actuarial tables uh, a number of years ago, which indicate if you retire about 60, 65 years old, to your point, you, you got another 30 years. That's and right. so that to, to look at, I think we need to fix that in people's minds as we talk about this RISA tool. 30 years when it's when at you, when you finish ending on average, how are you going to sustain that? And that's what you guys are offering with this new RISA tool, correct? Right. So if, you know, some of the other data, you know, when you look at longevity data is that of a 65 year old couple, you know, there's about an 11% chance that one of them will live beyond 100 which is, you know, again, incredible. That's a, you know, a 35 year retirement. And so the ability to say, you know, for 35 years, I'm going to be willing to have my money, you know, my assets at risk in the market all of the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. That's, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to stomach. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the the RISA tool, again, is going to ask you, you know, about your psychology, about how you feel about different things. And then the output, is basically to recommend a strategy that will fit with your psychology. So, because mm-hmm. it's so important, we hear, you know, we work with so many advisors and you hear them talk about all the time when the market's volatile, like it's been this year and really been going down quite a lot. They're, mm-hmm. you know, th- their customers are calling them all the time. What's going on? Am I okay? You know, is mm-hmm. my retirement going to be okay? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a, you know, that's a problem. You know, that's it's trouble for advisors and, and nobody wants to just endure retirement. You want to mm-hmm. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And if you're and if you're worried, if you're somebody who can't take that, you know, that volatility in the market, you know, then, you know, having a strategy that meets with your psychology is mm-hmm. really important in order to you know help you enjoy rather than endure retirement. I like that. Enjoy rather than endure retirement. That's going to be certainly a takeaway from the, from our interview. Yes. Um, you know, uh, DPL Financial Partners, uh, you guys uh, focus on, part of your focus is on technology-driven product discovery tools. And yes. I think given all the, there's so many tools out on for the market for consumers today, and given you guys are digging into this, how does ERISA stand out as a technology-driven uh, tool for, for retirement? 
Yeah, so it it kind of marries well. So the RISA, you know, to be clear, was developed by you know a couple of you know academics, uh, you know, one a retirement researcher, the other a psychologist, um, you know, to help you know create this output. And then it really blends well with the tools we develop at DPL. So once you've now defined your retirement style we can help you find the products that will best meet your need. So, you know, when you're looking at, you know, a, an income solution that you want some portion guaranteed, you know, how do you do that? You know, where do you look, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a consumer, how do you mm-hmm. find, you know, how do you find products that will meet that need and do it well? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we bring technology. We've got tools that look at, you know, annuities are, you know, outside of social security, really the one source of lifetime income. So mm-hmm. we've got we've got tools that are built upon our product mm-hmm. catalog, which model 3000 different annuities and all these different price points and riders to help based on who you are, find which product will deliver what you're looking for. And you don't need to know anything about annuities in mm-hmm. order to you know, use our tools. You just tell us what you're looking to do and we'll help you find the best one. And basically, you guys plug it in. And in one of our previous episodes, uh, we talked about you guys are actually offered a guaranteed uh, income for retirement, which I was suspicious of coming out of law firms <laughs> saying that. But when I look at your model and at your tools, and I encourage people to go to your website, uh, dplfp.com, to get that assurance you know, that that this is legitimate, it's science-based. I love the fact you said psychologists, in addition to uh, financial planners, have been involved in this, this is creating this discovery tool. Yeah. So we, you know, we, we use, you know, you, the combination of that RISA to again, help, you know, define what the, you know, what the customer, what the you know, investor is looking for, how they feel. And then, you know, we're going to augment it with our annuity tools to help you find the best one. And typically what people are looking to do is let's fund you know, my essential expenses with guaranteed income, right? Mm-hmm. The things, my home, my food, my healthcare, you know, all the things that I can't live without. Mm-hmm. If we can fund those with guaranteed lifetime income, you know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a tremendous thing psychologically yes. you know, for, most, for most investors. Then you can rely upon the markets, which can mm-hmm. go up and down to fund things like vacations and dinners out and, and things that are much more discretionary. So th- that kind of you know framework seems to make a lot of sense to most people. Fund my essential expenses with guarantees, mm-hmm. let the markets you know hopefully perform really well to let me yeah. go great vacations and you know, <laughs> dinners and leave a nice legacy to my, my kids. Yeah. That's a great, that's a, that would, that's an excellent testament in terms of a lasting impact, part of a legacy uh, lifestyle, if you will. Um, David, the, the, and the one thing I want to share with our listeners uh, that they not only can you go to dplfp.com to find out more information, but you also have a risaprofile.com that we're going to talk about. I am a non-tech savvy guy. And I want our listeners to know when you talk talking about going online and filling out forms and all this and that, it's very simple. And in a yes. matter of minutes, is uh, you get exactly your profile. So I gather the risaprofile.com is also the same way, very easy to use. 
Oh yeah, super simple. So I mean, this is just you're gonna log on. It's a questionnaire. So you know, just like if you know, a lot of people are familiar with like Myers Briggs to give you like your personality assessment. You know, you go mm -hmm. on and you just answer some questions about how do you feel about this, how do you feel about that, mm -hmm. um, and you know, the the output you know will give you your retirement income style. Mm -hmm. So like you said, it's great to be aware of that. So then you can, you can develop the strategy, the investment strategy that will match your psychology. And, and to your point earlier, you and your spouse can both take it and you can, mm -hmm. and you can, you know, compare notes and, and see how you feel, you know, about your, your retirement income. So it's a great conversation device mm -hmm. as well as kind of a discovery device. And what, I, and what I like about it, and as we go to our conclusion, is that uh, the tool, the RISA tool that you guys are offering enables advisors to design a portfolio that the investor can stick to because they've already assessed their preferences on how they want to, uh, to, to, to invest. I love yeah, that. Ex exactly. And it, it goes back to what I was talking to, you know, about before when we hear from advisors saying, oh, they've got panic clients. Well, you know, the reason you know, a big reason clients, you know, start to get worried and call their advisors because maybe the investment style doesn't match their psychology. You know, the advisor has them all, you know, 100% in the market, you know, and the market gets volatile. And well, that makes me nervous if I'm not someone who's okay with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting, you know, getting your investments to match your psychology and style is very important because as Wade Fowle, who is the, you know, retirement, you know, professor who, you know, participated in, in helping create this RISA says there are many different, you know, very appropriate ways to invest to deliver retirement income. You should just, you know, there, there are, you know, several, you know, probably four different credible ways people go about it. And mm -hmm. just let's match rather than just be subject to what your financial advisor is comfortable with doing. Let's, mm -hmm. why don't we ask the client what they're comfortable with doing and let's match the investments with their style. What a concept. Ask the client what they're like versus let's get walk in and tell That's them what, what they want. Well, because people get so intimidated, right? They they just they don't feel a lot of people don't feel like they can express, you know, this is how I feel or this is how I think. That it's just, you know, the advisor knows about all this, you know, hocus pocus of investing. And, you know, I'm just gonna do what they say. Well, this is a great way for, you know, again, those clients who maybe feel a little intimidated about investing to just take some simple psychological, you know, questionnaire that can then deliver an output that you can either implement yourself or bring it to a, you know, financial advisor and say, this is, you know, this is how I would like to have my retirement income delivered. Mm -hmm. For our listeners, you can uh, go to RISA profile, R-I-S-A-P-R-O-F-I-L-E, in case my English is not, this is, in case I'm slurring my words, go to risaprofile.com. And uh, we've been listening to David Lau, who's the founder, chief executive officer of DPL Financial Partners, which is a leading turnkey platform for commission-free annuities and insurance solutions. DPL Financial is committed to strengthening financial plans with powerful products that deliver value for advisors and clients alike. More information we can found on their website, dplfp.com. David, thank you so much for your time, sir. I look forward to uh, hopefully returning in the future. 
Yeah, look forward to it, Dale. And I'll, I will just may end on the one note that, you know, in addition to having the, the website and the technology, we've got an 800 number, we've got consultants that can, you know, that can uh, help you along as well. It's, you're not just, you know, you know, working, you know, working online and you're, it's all up to you. We've got, you know, plenty of people to support you as well. And again, I want to underscore that you guys are so easy to work with. Uh, your approach is just very open. And that kind of emulates your style, your leadership style, David. And I really appreciate your book. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dale. Great to see you. Be, be good. AARP announced its five 2023 Purpose Prize winners who have founded a nonprofit and who will receive $50,000 for their organization. One of which includes my next guest, Reverend Dr. James Seta Ferguson, who is Kentucky-based president and CEO of local nonprofit organization, Molo Village, CDC. In addition, 10 AARP Purpose Prize fellows and their organizations will be recognized with an award of $10,000. All award recipients will receive a year of technical support from AARP to help broaden the scope of their work. Now, without further delay, Let's welcome Dr. Reverend Dr. Jim Seta Ferguson. Welcome to Aging with Grace 55 Plus. How are you today, madam? I'm doing well, Dale, and thank you so much for including me on your podcast. It's uh, an amazing uh, podcast. I've listened to a few of them, and I'm excited to be here this morning. Well, very good. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time. And, you know, when I read the press release, the first thing that came to mind is Molo, right? There has to be a, a reason behind Molo. And off mic, you explained that to me. But what is Molo Village? Molo uh, is a Casa South African dialect word that means welcome. And when I was in South Africa in 2008 for a mission trip, I walked into a, a young woman's home uh, and she grabbed me and she started saying, Molo, Mama, Molo. And I found out later that it meant welcome home. And mm. so that uh, seemed to fit in what we were um, expressing in our church and in our CDC, where we wanted to make sure people could come come back into uh, uh, the uh, St. Peter's Church and into our CDC and feel welcome. Uh, no matter what journey they had experienced in their life, we wanted them to know that they could come home and uh, and be a part of our, fa our faith community, but also uh, we would be there to help them to thrive and to uh, have a, a hopefully a better life. Well, it's interesting you should say that because you are ideally situated to do just that, uh, Dr. Ferguson. Uh, you know, you're you're in an area uh, in Louisville, which is the neighborhood of Russell, which was a once thriving African-American community. But now it's, it's beset by poverty, inadequate housing, limited food access, uh, low educational attain, uh, uh, low educational attainment. And systemic racism. So given that plethora of issues, uh -huh. it seems like Molo is indeed a bright light that you have established in a disadvantaged area. Well, I, I hope so. And it is an area that you, you cannot 
um, be the church, I don't believe, without uh, uh, recognizing and dealing with the ills in your own community. We are located here where we, as you mentioned, have all of these issues. And so as the church and as the CDC, uh, we apply a holistic approach to the family, realizing that many times um, uh, there are multiple issues within that household that are uh, keeping them uh, in in a, a status of poverty. And so uh, we deal with uh, those who are uh, returning citizens uh, from a stint in uh, in corrections or uh, in the justice cabinet in some manner. We deal with senior adults who sometimes feel isolated uh, and perhaps uh, might even be raising their uh, children in their, their household. We deal with health care uh, because we understand that um, uh, there are uh, multiple uh, diseases within our uh, community that are detrimental uh, to uh, uh, issues in our community. We deal with uh, uh, youth and uh, their mm -hmm. academic achievement and their, their culture enrichment because we know that children in our community are underachievers a lot of times academically. And so our goal is to deal with the entire family so that we can help them to uh, begin to thrive uh, mm -hmm. as a family. And as that family thrives, then we know that that helps to build a stronger uh, and healthier community. Unity. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned two points I want to ping off of. The first one is, uh, for, for, well, first let me ask you this, set up the question this way. Uh, when was Molo Village established? What year? Molo was established in 2011, and okay. it was established uh, actually inside the church, um, but then it separated uh, from the church so that it could actually become an incorporated community development corporation. So with that said, in 11 years, you are affecting generational change uh, yes. if you're talking about the full spectrum of the family. And, and, and so not only generational change, but I liked how you phrased that welcoming returning citizens back to the community, which is a polite way of saying folks who have, who have offended, served their time are now right. given a second or perhaps even a third chance. Yes, yes. And and that's important because we're in a community uh, where many of the people have been touched by the justice system in one way or another. And a lot of times those past offenses are held against them so that they are not able to get back on their feet. And mm -hmm. so Molo Village was one of the first organizations in the Russell community to address uh, not only uh, their physical needs, but their emotional needs as well. And so uh, we deal, we have a program we, where we deal with um, emotional life skills, uh, soft skills, which is uh, resume building and, and how to interview and all of that. But we also work with them um, as far as uh, finding jobs and, and getting the training that they need so that they are, they are employable. And so it has 
to uh, we have to cover uh, a lot of issues with returning citizens because we believe sometimes that they're getting uh, those services while they are incarcerated. But when they are released, we find out that uh, they did not get those type of uh, services that they need in order to thrive. And before we go to our next question, uh, I want to make sure that our listeners know that this uh, you're listening to Aging with Grace 55 Plus podcast series sponsored by AARP Kentucky, DPLFP.com, and today's Transitions magazine. Uh, more information can be found at todaystransitions.com. Uh, Dr. Ferguson, when you, Reverend Doctor, I should say, you're, you're not only a doctor. It's okay. You can call me. You can call me James Zetta. Ah, you made my life much easier, James Zetta. Thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so you're going to receive, your organization is going to receive uh, $50,000. You're also going to receive a year of technical support from AARP. Mm-hmm. How do you... In- uh, with that that support to help broaden the scope of your organization's work. How do you envision using that ten thousand uh, dollar year of t- and plus the technical support from AARP? Well, first let me uh, thank AARP for selecting us as a, a recipient of the twenty twenty three Purpose Prize Award. I mean, it's a tremendous uh, opportunity uh, for us, um, but. Uh, your uh, to your question, the fifty thousand dollars will allow us to um, uh, do more within our community. We are a grassroots operation, and so uh, our whole purpose is to serve uh, the people in our community. And being a nonprofit, there is never enough funding, right? And so, right. <laughs> fifty thousand dollars will help us to uh, to provide some of the resources that we need for the good work that we are doing in this underserved community. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the underserved community, you know, when you talk about improving the community, and as we go to our close, uh, James Seta, we talked about that plethora of, of issues of facing facing the community, uh, you know, poverty, inadequate housing. We, we've talked about that list. Uh-huh. Is it possible to rank some very oppressive issues as one, two, three, the top three, or all of them, all six of them equally pressing? And if so, how do you rank them? I think all of them are pressing um, because all of them are necessary uh, for us to have a good quality of life. Um, housing, poor housing, um, particularly uh, for our seniors or for our children, means that uh, perhaps they might end up uh, sleeping in less than adequate um, uh, housing, or, which is uh, many times uh, more unsafe than some of the other housing. And so we we need to address that. We need to address healthcare. We need to address academic because we know that when our kids are not getting the adequate education uh, mm-hmm. at a young age, then it carries uh, forward in their adult life. And many times those are the kids that are ending up uh, in trouble uh, That's right. later That's right. on in life. 
Mm-hmm. And so inadequate, it's it's hard to study when you don't have the food in order to nourish your body. You you're because you're so busy thinking about hunger instead of thinking mm-hmm. about uh academics. And so all of those pieces and parts together, I think, uh have to be addressed in order for the family to be whole. That's excellent. And Dr. Uh well, excuse me, Jam said, uh, thank you for that for allowing me to call you that. What is the website uh as we close this enjoyable interview? Uh someone wanted more information about Molo Village. You can reach us at www.molovillagecdc.org. O-R-G. Very good. And we encourage our listeners to, to visit the website and to read more. Uh, as I'm impressed by uh, James Setta, Dr. James Setta, Reverend Dr. James Setta Ferguson is using her knowledge and experience of life to make a meaningful impact in people's lives by tackling some of the greatest societal challenges and also helping to build a better future for all. And after speaking with you, madam, that is not a slogan. That is not a cliche, but you're actually doing the church's work in a very challenging area. And I, com- I commend you on that. And now I understand why you are a 2023 Purpose Prize winner. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for hosting me. And I look forward to uh, us uh, being able to uh, spend some time together in the future. Come see us at Molo Village. There's many uh, things that I welcome you to to visit and, and organizations down here for you to visit. Thank you so much. I accept that invitation. I promise you I will see you soon. Have a good All day, right. Adam. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Followers of my podcast series know I like to end each episode with a little-known fact or rags to riches, failure to success, those kind of stories. And today is no different. This product you're about to learn more about was created seven miles south off the coast of Louisiana at the end of the Civil War in 1865. This now popular condiment of the American diet was founded by New Orleans banker Edmund Mickelhenny, who in the 1850s was given some dried pepper seeds that were acquired in Mexico during the Mexican-American War. A soldier simply gave them to him and said to try them in his food. In April of 1863, Edmund McElhenney and his wife fled New Orleans when the Union Army entered the city. They went to Avery Island, where her family owned a salt mining business. McElhenney saved the seeds and planted them in his wife's garden. The McElhenneys were forced to flee again, this time to Texas, as Union forces invaded the island because of the salt and captured the mines in 1863. The family finally returned at the end of the war, but found their plantation ruined and their mansion plundered. However, a crop of capsicum hot peppers remained. Facing financial ruin in 1868, Mickelhenny devised a spicy sauce using Avery Island salt and chopped capsicum peppers. He packaged his sauce in 350 used cologne bottles and gave them as samples to wholesalers. 
He also gave some to General Hazard, who was a federal administrator in the area. The general sent some of the bottles to his brother, who was the largest wholesale grocer in New York. The sauce was a hit. So, in 1868, Edmund McElhenney began his commercial operation. In 1870, after securing a patent for the sauce, he opened an office in London in 1872 to sell to the European markets. Now, nearly 200 years later, and following the original recipe, the same hot peppers are picked, mashed, and mixed with a small amount of Avery Island salt and placed inside white oak wooden barrels and then allowed to ferment and age for up to three years. When deemed ready, the approved fully aged mash is then blended with all-natural high-grain vinegar. After numerous stirrings, about four weeks later, the pepper skins and seeds are strained out. And now you know the origins of a popular condiment named Tabasco. That's right, Tabasco, said to be a Central American Indian name meaning land where the soil is hot and humid. Well, that's it for another edition of Aging with Grace 55 Plus, sponsored by AARP Kentucky, today's transitions, and DPL Financial Partners. Many thanks to David Lau and Reverend Dr. James Seta Ferguson for stopping by. And I trust you enjoyed listening to both guests as much as I did interviewing both of them. Drop me a line as I'd love to hear from you. Please send it to D-A-L-E, Dale, at awg55.com. Remember, aging is not a time of diminishment, but application of lessons taught by some of our best teachers, including experience. And now for the last thought of the day from James Clear, author of the book Atomic Habits. James Clear writes, good habits make time your ally. Bad habits make time your enemy. So until next time, this has been your host, Dale Josie of Aging with Grace 55 plus.